Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to episode 40 of Save Trash Cinema, the podcast where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your guide through trash cinema, everyone's favorite dumpster boy, came and Darty. And on today's episode, we're jumping into the future to the desolate tech heavy year, 2021. We're jacking the data straight through our cyber head port things. And putting on our Nintendo Power Gloves, we cover the 1995 cyberpunk cult classic, Johnny Mnemonic. But before we get into that, let me introduce you to the two cyber couriers joining me on today's episode. Hmm. He's been gone for so long that I'm starting to forget the sound of his voice, but you better believe I haven't forgotten the sight of that sweet, sweet booty. Hmm. The always lovely and now less bearded Patrick Trigard. They're not going to see this, uh, but I am... uh much less bearded than I was before. Mm. And I sound like I grew up. I, I think I went through puberty since last time. You finally came. grew up, Patrick. I finally grew up. It's a handsome voice, though. Yeah, thank you. Handsome it. boy, well, handsome voice. Handsome boy, handsome voice. And uh, we'd be remiss not to mention the second person joining us. And that person, well, he's traded in the karate gi and the Van Damme splits for face paint and futuristic dreadlocks. The editor himself. Zach Bromberg. I think I've got some gigabyte questions with this one, guys. <laughs> oh, we got gigabyte questions. We got gigabyte questions. For those who don't remember or just didn't hear that episode, Zach was on our No Retreat, No Surrender episode, which was, uh, well, that was a fucking ride and a half of a movie. So for, we're for excited. Something. We're excited to have you back, Zach, and more excited to discuss johnny mnemonic but before we do that let's do a little quick housekeeping we'd love it if you rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice don't forget you can be on the show by submitting movie recommendations by being a guest host by email us at save trash cinema gmail.com or you can dm us on twitter at save trash cinema or on instagram and guess what at save trash cinema as well make sure to check out last week's episode when we stepped up the body horror when we covered the 2002 infectious disease film and eli roth's masterpiece cabin fever We'll be continuing to release mini-sodes, crossover episodes, interviews, and even game shows to keep your eyes peeled for some exciting content coming down the pipeline. With the housekeeping out of the way, though, why don't we jump into an overview of the film? The year is 2021. It is no longer safe to transmit information. Phones, computers, and satellites are all vulnerable, but there is a solution. Your storage capacity? I can carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. Input the data into the brain of a human courier, like Johnny Mnemonic. Hit me. Johnny Mnemonic was directed by Robert Longo and written by author William Gibson. Robert Longo is best known for Johnny Mnemonic and directing the music video for R.E.M.'s The One I Love. Kevin, what have I told you? One of the most celebrated and winningest goalies in hockey history is named Roberto Luongo. Whoa. You add a couple vowels in there. Do you think that this is the same person? Because this dude literally didn't do anything after Johnny Mnemonic. I mean, it makes sense. He left film to become a future Hall of Fame uh, hockey goalie. I 
I think it makes sense. I kind of love the idea of that. And it, it, honestly, I think it explains a lot more of this film. It if does. If you look through it through the context of hockey, <laughs> the film makes so much more sense. It really Great. does. It really does. It's no. a trick of a film. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. He did it again. He's coming in with the jokes. All right. Now, next Wait. up is going to be William Gibson, the author of the short story that this film is based on. Uh, now, he is known for essentially kind of introducing cyberpunk to the world. Um, he's the the head, the brain behind acclaimed novel, The Neuromancer, uh, which is what a lot of people consider to be like the the true start of cyberpunk genre. My, my, uh, my. As well as, get this, he is the person who is known for coining the term cyberspace. Wow. I just used that term this morning. I'm pretty sure I used that term like eight times in this film and didn't even realize Man. that this is where the shit comes from. Wow. I said, I woke up, I said, Rose, are we in cyberspace right now? She was like, Patrick, you have your PSVR headset on. You are in cyberspace. Correct. Good for you. Story goes as such in 2021, the whole world is connected by the gigantic internet. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, there we go. Oh, oh no, there's the show. That's the show, folks. All right. That's We're, it. Done. We're done. Wrap it up. We're at closing time. Do we save it or can it? Can I, can <laughs> I, can save I, it. The, 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 this movie, though, like it does this thing that I'm kind of in love with, not necessarily in this movie, but this idea of like a movie or a play or a story taking place like right before a big shift in time, and they're just making big swings and guesses of like <laughs> what that shift means, and like it's so funny to see what they yeah, think it's, is gonna happen it's, it's amazing absolutely insane so as we said the world is connected by the gigantic internet and almost half of the population is suffering from the nerve att attenuation syndrome that's how you say it attenuation syndrome or shorthand for uh nas or as i like to say nos famous nos. rapper johnny uh, played by Keanu Reeves, with an implanted memory chip in his brain, was ordered to transport the overloaded information from Beijing to Newark, while Pharmacon Industries, supported by Yakuza, tries to capture him to get the information back. The low-tech group, led by J-Bone, played by Ice-T, tries to break the missing code to download the cure of NAS, which Johnny carries. Let me tell you, if this plot synopsis makes zero sense to you right now, just wait. It is going to make even less sense as we get to the end of this film. This when you put it that way, like when you read the plot synopsis in that short little burst, it's like this could be the coolest movie ever made. I mean, is it? We're gonna have to wait and find out. Ah, now the film stars, and now this is where things go completely off rails right off the start. The film stars, as I said earlier, Keanu Reeves from The Matrix, Speed, John Wick, Point Break. It also stars Dolph Lundgren from Rocky IV, Masters of the Universe, Universal Soldier. Dina Meyer from Starship Troopers and Saul. Ice-T, famous rapper from New Jack City, Tank Girl, and as everyone knows him from, especially if you're 60 years old, Law & Order SVU. Wow. As uh, we discussed off-air and is one of Zach's favorite people in the world, it also starts Beat Takeshi from The Blind Swordsman, and my personal favorite film, Battle Royale. Also stars famed rock musician Henry Rollins from David Lynch's Highway, or Lost Highway, as well as Feast. And then personal trash, honestly trash master, I think is the only way you can phrase this guy, Udo Kier from uh, Mark of the Devil, Flesh for Frankenstein, and the horror classic Suspiria. 
I when I saw that man's face, I was like, I know him from something. Is that Shinji? I, is that who we're talking about? Uh, no, no, no. He, what is his name in the film? He's the one with the crazy eyes. He's got. He's the, at the very beginning, and he's only in it for like the first I don't know ten minutes, oh, maybe. Oh, oh, the bad guy, like connector, like the grifter, the connector guy, guy. The grifter yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah. Right. Yeah, but so some trivia to, to start the episode out. The script was rumored to have been dumped on the doorstep of Keanu Reeves' house, a tactic that piqued his interest and led him to accepting the role of Johnny. So there wasn't, you know, I sent it through my agent, mm. got my fucking, got the studio calling, you got some execs on the line. They just dropped it on his doorstep. Fantastic. Love that. Fantastic. John is a down-to-earth guy, man. Yeah, he is. He's, he's DTE, a... and he's yeah. DTF. Yeah, he is. The film runs for an hour and 36 minutes and currently has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 18%. Boo. Which for the first time might actually be correct. Boo. <laughs> no argument. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> on. I can't really fight this one. You can currently catch the film streaming on Hulu or Pluto TV, but if you want to get a physical copy, you can snag one off of Amazon on DVD for roughly $24 or you can pay $2 less and get the special Blu-ray version, which comes in black and white. Whoa. Now, here's the thing. Honestly, I'd recommend the black and white cut if you've already seen the original version. Uh, but it's a great addition to any collection to just watch it in general. Or if you're you know, you're a collector and you want to keep a copy, this is a great version. But if you've never seen this film, you really need to start in color and then move to black and white to be able to appreciate it. So apparently in 2021, Cayman, mm-hmm. uh, famed goalkeeper Roberto Luongo created a new <laughs> version of the movie entirely in black and white. Mm-hmm. As he told Screenslate, quote, when I saw the first version of the black and white film, I was just so happy. It was so much closer to what I imagined it to be for sure. I knew turning it black and white would get it closer to where I imagined it from the very beginning. In my work, I take inspiration from films like Alphaville, 1965, La Jetée, 1962, things like that. A lot of black and white movies are not really black and white. They're kind of gray. The contrast is really what pumped up now in this cut. So it's very black and white. Go Canucks is what he said. He closed, he said, he closed it out by saying go Canucks. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. He's not wrong. Yeah. It, it is almost a completely different movie when you watch it in black. And oh, white. I bet. I like bet. it really feels like I think the only thing I can really put it up to in terms of like the experience you'll have is it almost feels like watching David Lynch's Racerhead. Because the movie is so completely just nonsense. None of this makes sense. So it just makes it even more surreal. And uh, like really, it honestly is just like a really cool film. But to appreciate it, you really have to see the original first. It's interesting, too, because when you think about it, the the conflict at the center of the story is really pretty black and white as well. Mm. Mm. I think it's a a slap shot of a a Let's go. We're Let's done. go. Slap, slap we, can, we can wrap this episode. Roberto again. Longo would have blocked that with his with his blocker. Yeah, it would have. Well, there it would have. <laughs> oh, Jesus Stop Christ. Okay, all right. Well, with the overview out of the way, why don't we take some time to discuss some initial thoughts? Patrick, why don't we start off with you, buddy? Uh, you're you're back. You've had like a, what a three week long absence. something like that. I feel like it's yeah. been forty days and forty nights since I was on this sweet little show. Um, I. I was excited um, when when you picked this movie because we had a different movie in mind that we couldn't find anywhere online. Mm. Um, and then we pivoted almost to this Gary Busey movie, which, you know, connected to Keanu Reeves via Point Break, the, the Point Break connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all connected. Everything's connected. Came. But I was excited when you picked this movie because I saw this so long ago. Like, mm. I, I must have been either like early or mid high school when I saw this. So we're talking like nearly 
15, 20 years ago at this point. 15, 20 years ago, I was not in high school. I don't remember a fucking thing about this movie. Like all I really remember is his like little VR headset and that it was about the internet. That was like, those are the two touch points I had. I forgot about Ice-T. I forgot about the character of Jones, which we'll get to. I forgot about so much of this movie. So I was really excited. You just reminded me of Jones. (laughs) Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Oh my Uh, God. I I forgot about all of it. Uh And so it was in a way, it was like watching this movie again for the first time. And I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan. Love his work. Love his love his stable of of uh performances and mm. this was just a fucking what a what an exciting little thing to 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 go into with you too yeah it's <laughs> it's exciting um zach why don't we why don't we see what you what you thought initial thoughts going on the film i watched this movie two days ago and then you guys texted like, oh, we're going to watch it today. And I, and I, and I realized in that moment, I'm like, I don't remember any of the movie that I just, <laughs> like, just watched. And I went back and kind of like skimmed through just to give myself a reminder and like for, forgot, forgot about iced tea. For, yeah. For, for, forgot about, uh, the ma- major plot points, forgot about, like, forgot about, oh, Dolph Lundgren is plays a Jesus care, a Jesus yeah. assassin. He is. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into what totally forgot about Jones assassin. until you just, uh, you know, uh, mentioned him. But this movie thing, is chaos. Here's the thing chaos. about this movie. Like my wife, she's a really phenomenal cook. And she kind of like all, every time I'm like, how do you cook? She'll laugh it off and be like, if you put a bunch of delicious things in together, it's going to be good. This movie proves her wrong. <laughs> because there is a bunch player. of delicious things in this movie all mixed together. Like, like again, Takeshi is in this movie. Like, it, 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 it's, 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 it's got so many things I love. It's wild how not, not only bad it is, but how it just does not stick in your brain. Sure. After yeah. a good REM, it's mm. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I'll do my initial thoughts. I only really have one thing to say, and it is this movie writing the script for this film literally almost broke me like trying to put this into a script format that tries to cover what is happening on screen at any given point it's a miracle that i survived this was the there was a moment i think i literally text patrick and said i might just cancel the show forever because of this one movie wake up came in Oh, it's a night. Yes, wake I'm, up, came in. God, this fucking nightmare. You're I'm in a coma. In. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. Is I'm gonna wake up and someone's gonna be like, "Dude, you imagined? You did not even do this. This is not the movie you just watched." I. It's been so long since I've seen this movie. It's to your point, Patrick. It's probably been close to fifteen years, probably for me. It was like mm-hmm. late high school, maybe like early college. I watched it for the first time, and it's one of those movies. Once you watch it once, you're like. All right, it's yeah. a movie that I just consumed as a viewer, and I'm not sure if I need to do this again. But here we are, and we're going to try to see if we can convince you to watch or not watch it. So why don't we uh, just stop dilly dallying around and get the show on the road? Johnny Mnemonic, everyone. And now, our feature presentation. Can yeah. before you get started, if I may. Sure. I got a jack in. <laughs> God, don't check in. 
You jack in, I'm gonna jack off, buddy. Oh, we're all jacking, jacking in. in. Oh, yeah. God. We're all jacking in. I can't see anything anymore because I'm wearing this I VR headset. I have a virtual world now. I have but. a VR headset sitting somewhere around here that I can put on, but I don't know where it's put. But For uh, audio listeners, we're all jacked into the, <laughs> the big bit internet. <laughs> you fucking idiot. I couldn't even read the script through the with damn With the headphones thing. on, with the hat on. Couldn't too do much. It. Just too much, too Glasses. much. So the film opens with an opening scrawl. It says, second decade of the 21st century. There's an opening century. scrawl. There's there an is. opening scrawl in this movie, guys. Like... <laughs> That in itself. And it is so fucking long. I texted Cayman. I said, if a if an opening scroll is this long, maybe the, the plot needs fucking to be reworked because you're giving me way too much context for me to understand what's happening, which I still don't. The yeah. irony is like everything in that opening scroll actually does. They do a fine job without it. Like they explain yeah. it in as crazy as the movie is like the stuff that they talk about in that opening scroll is just like, there's a virtual world, there's this virus, like, they say all that stuff in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's totally unneeded. Well, why don't we go ahead and tell the folks at home what that opening scroll said, because maybe this might help you figure out what the fuck I'm talking about later in this episode. <laughs> it starts off, it says, second decade of the 21st century, corporations rule. The world is threatened by a new plague, NAS, nerve. It says nerve attention syndrome in the script, but I'm pretty sure that's not accurate. It's either way, it's fatal, epidemic, it's cause and cure unknown. The corporations are opposed by the low-techs, a resistance movement risen from the streets. Hackers, data pirates, guerrilla fighters, and the info wars. Jesus. The corporations defend themselves. They hire the Yakuza, the most powerful of all crime syndicates. They sheath their data in black ice, lethal viruses waiting to burn the brains of intruders. But the low-techs wait in their strongholds, in the old city codes, like rats in the walls of the world. The most valuable information must sometimes be entrusted to the mnemonic couriers, elite agents who smuggle data in wet-wired brain implants. Title screen, Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Jesus, this is so long. Oh. And then we get the first reveal of the movie that this is taking place January 17th, 2021, a mere 11 days after the White House insurrection, and they don't mention it once, Cayman. I'm pretty sure the Twin Towers is still standing in one shot of the, the uh. film, so <laughs> they didn't get everything right. And there goes everyone listening at home. You can knock that up to our uh, our. Our quote has been met today. The 9-11 uh, bingo card. The 9-11 bingo card. Uh, it starts off, we get an, uh, after the title screen, apparently we need more text on screen, which is it just pops up and says, Internet 2021. <laughs> I, I laughed that. so hard when that came on my screen. So apparently there's Japanese text above this that literally translates to hack and eyed. And that's how this whole film feels. Like sure. they knew going into this that they're like, this movie's hack and eyed as shit. And we're just like, let's include it as an Easter egg for all of our Japanese viewers at home. Love it. Good God. Keanu Reeves wakes up and checks his TV messages because apparently that's what you do in 2021. And a lady walks out from the bathroom. We all know that <laughs> we all know that Keanu Reeves laid some pipe on her. She said she's going to go get ice, even though they have ice, which I assume also means that Keanu Reeves is a bad leg. Before I share some trivia, I, I to go back to Zach's point earlier about thinking what they thought the future would be, I love that someone in the writer's room thought, hmm, 
we can get messages now on our phones and and via the mail maybe in the future we'll get them on our tvs and then that is a plot point in this movie so bad but apparently uh there's an alternate reality where val kilmer is the one sitting in this bed right now Mm. uh, getting his tv messages he was originally set to star but left the project after he was offered the role of Batman in Batman Forever. Kilmer later played Chris Schillerer's Schillerus in Heat 1995 great film. Mm. A role that Keanu Reeves was in early talks for but ultimately turned down. A little flip-flop there. Mm. I get it. I get them I get a casting director sitting in a room and be like we could go either uh Val Kilmer or Keanu with this. That yeah. that makes sense. That's not a wild uh I think I would love Val Kilmer in this movie. <laughs> I I would have loved Val Kilmer in this movie if I'm being honest. And 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 how he did his Batman Forever character really like that's it one to one. Don't have to yeah. change a thing. Yeah. Out of nowhere, Udo Kier pops up on Johnny's TV. They yell back and forth about setting up a procedure. Apparently, Keanu needs 1.5 million credits to get his memories back or something. So, that's. I guess why we're here today, guys. We just got to nod and move along. That's how half of this movie feels. Udo <laughs> tells Keanu to take on his this next gig and he'll have enough money to get his memories back. Keanu grieves and shows up to a war-torn Beijing. <sighs> Apparently shot in Beijing from what I was reading. Apparently shot oh, like all of the areas like were shot in real places. Hmm. Inside of what appears to be a hotel lobby, Keanu goes to goes to get inside of an elevator when a TV program gets interrupted by Ice-T screaming something about taking back your brain. But he says it a lot cooler than I did because Ice-T is a cool motherfucker and sure. I am not. On the elevator, Keanu doubles his memory capacity to 160 gigabytes. And the machine tells him not to go over that limit. I don't understand anything. couple things. Yeah. The fact that Ice-T is playing a character named J-Bone. Yes. Is fucking incredible. Why don't you just call him Ice-T? Just call him Ice-T. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but let's be clear. I don't understand why he didn't change his name in real life to J-Bone after this, but I get it. Um, Second thing, Mm. 160 gigabytes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The idea that the human brain capacity or the childhood memory is only 160 gigabytes. Gigabytes. Yeah, a lot of people's phones have more than that now. It's it's just so funny how so often thinking what the future would bring is just so wrong. It's funny. So let me put this into perspective for the both of you and the audience as well. The human brain has a capacity of 2.5 petabytes. That would equate to roughly 2.5 million gigabytes. Whoa. That is what sense. our brain has a capacity of holding. Um, so it's weird that I wasn't able to pass high school. <laughs> sure. So still in it right now. In still chemistry. Occur, yeah. Like still, yeah. Keanu Reeves's brain in this movie can only hold the capacity of like maybe two full length feature films of the highest quality. Yes. Like that's it. You know, yeah. like. That's- What's great is, is that we find out that he, and they've kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier on, it's that he's erased his childhood memories so that he has enough brain space to like, take on, like, brother. Which leads me to my first question. Given the choice, are you guys erasing your childhood memories to be able to peddle corporate secrets? Yes. 
I would erase my entire childhood. <laughs> I don't think anyone would want to go back and relive any of that shit. Many therapy sessions to help me try to erase sure. that. Childhood. Well, I know a guy. Do you? This is name Udo Kier. He works for the internet. <laughs> he works for the. He works for big internet. Yeah. Uh, Keanu, Keanu arrives at the group he's working for and they're angry that he's late. He acknowledges that these doofuses are apparently new to the game because they don't really understand how all this works. They say he needs to carry 320 gigs, which is double his current load that he can fit into his brain. They also say that if he exceeds his capacity, it'll kill him in three days and the data will be destroyed. We got stakes. We got, we got a timeline. What they kind of say is like, it'll just be corrupted. Like you, like <laughs> I was so confused by that plot point because they were like, there's a chance that you could go through this whole movie and get to the end. And it's just like, doesn't work. But also yeah. like, that's not how data capacity works. Like if you can't put <laughs> more, you can't, they're like, they're like, you have a cup. It holds 20 liters. We're going to put 30 liters in there. It's like, yeah, dude, it just doesn't. Hold it. it doesn't like you, the cup doesn't die in three days like the internet follows its own rules zach look so much look, I, I know i know so much i know so much about data capacity because back in the day i had a iphone 4s right mm-hmm. and it, and i was a really big really big into simpsons untapped or Simpsons tapped out. Oh my God. You guys remember that iPhone? Yeah. yeah, I think it was like a mobile. And game. I literally had to delete every single app that I had on my phone. Every photo was deleted. Every song was deleted just so I had enough space to play this fucking mobile game. Wow. Yeah. So you did exactly what Patrick said like, delete your childhood memories. I did. For the sake of a corporation. <laughs> you. You really, you are Johnny Mnemonic. I am. I am Johnny Mnemonic. Well, here's, (laughs) that brings me to a point that I was going to bring up later, but we we went right into it. So I'm I'm unveiling the curtain now, or I'm I'm Mm. pulling it back. Multiple times in this movie, he's, I'm Johnny. I'm just Johnny. At one point, in this scene, he says he's Johnny Smith. The fact that he never refers to himself as Johnny Mnemonic in this movie pissed me the fuck off. I wanted it so bad. I wanted there to be a moment where he just looks at the camera. I'm Johnny Mnemonic. Why didn't we get that, Zach? Um, I can't answer that, man. I would have done it. I would have. I don't need him saying it. I need, I need him doing something really cool and someone being like, what was that? And someone being like, that was Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. Oh Oh, man. That's cool. That's That's cool. Shit. We just wrote a better movie already. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Keanu Reeves sets up his future machine oh, it, it rig. It was Ice-T who says it, obviously. Oh, it's got to yeah. be Ice-T. Obviously, J-Bone. Yeah, yeah J-Bone. It's got to be J-Bone. Keanu Reeves sets up his future machine rig to download the data. What he doesn't know is that there's a group of people trying to kill the people he's working for yeah. and that they're on the way. Keanu has a rough go of it, so he asks if he could, very politely, if he can go use the restroom. Uh, so he can go have a little nosebleed. And then he can, so he can also have some space to do a little yoga. Yeah. That apparently helps the brain settle. So. I, have I been supposed to be doing this every time I've gotten a nosebleed in my life? Just a little, yeah. little yoga. karate move yoga situation? Yeah. I just want to know who on set was like, do this. Or if this was like him being like, I'm going to do this now. <laughs> like, all right, Keanu, you're in charge today. Do yeah. the yoga. He was going through a big yoga phase. When this uh-huh. big yoga he was phase. prepping for the Matrix. Yes. Time. Yeah. He still had a few more years left, but he was getting ready. At the yeah. same time, the villains bust in and kill all of the scientists Keanu's working for because they're scientists, we find out. And Keanu, however, has the advantage of being in the bathroom taking a massive fucking shit. 
Mm, yep. So he's able to get the drop on them. Maybe that's how he got the extra space in. Ooh, just, yeah. You know, it's like, you, like, so I worked back in the day, I worked at a Red Lobster, and uh, we, we did the, we did the, um, <laughs> you, <laughs> I can't wait to see where this goes. Just starting from take a massive shit to back in the day, I worked at Red Lobster. Do you guys remember, like, what was it called? Shrimp Fest, I think is what it's called. The yeah. all you can eat shrimp at Red you Lobster. You would know better than I would, but I believe. Yeah. I remember Shrimp Fest. Sure. Everyone, sure. everyone remembers. So either way, we had this group of guys that would come in every single day during Shrimp Fest. The and Shrimp we, Brothers, we called them. That's what we called them. Uh, and we had to kick them out eventually. And we're basically like, you guys are banned <laughs> from coming back. Here's the problem. Wasn't that they were taking advantage of it by just eating a shit ton, right? But what they would do is they would eat a shit ton, run to the bathroom, immediately throw it all up, oh. go back to the table and keep eating. Why? And so they would like a normal, like if this was like a normal week, right? Their tab would be like $400 for how much shrimp they'd eat. But they'd go throw all of it up in the bathroom just to see how many plates they could go through. Mm, I see. It was a so, game to them. Yeah, so that's how you do it. You just got to like consume a lot and then just dump out the rest, I think. If the Shrimp Brothers are listening right now, Shrimp Fest wasn't a fucking game, all right? I'm so no. offended by you shrimp fucks. I was going to call you Shrimp Kings, and now you're just... Shrimp fucks. Shrimp fucks. Shrimp fucks. We speaking of fucks, we cut to Newark City. Free Newark City apparently is the name of this joint. And Keanu yeah, is, is 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 Newark City free now? Is Newark a free city right now? God, probably not anymore. I mean, it's, it's probably so overloaded with fucking corpos and mm. and cyber tracers. I don't know yeah. what that, that yeah, means, yeah. but bunch of mnemonic shit happening in Newark right like now. Mnemonic shit. Uh, so Keanu Reeves is there, and he's getting scanned and gets an alert that he's got a synaptic leakage in his brain. Not the type of synaptic leakage that those shrimp fucks had coming out of their assholes. And then he will die in 24 hours. Keanu Reeves does not give a fuck. Cayman, the reason I've not been on the podcast for several weeks is because I, too, have had a synaptic leakage. And I'm here to say you can live with a synaptic leakage for six to nine months. Wow. Six to nine, oh, shit. What month are we so, on right now, buddy? I'm entering month two. Mm. So this is going to be a, a fun little ride for the next couple months and then I'm out. Uh, but some trivia. At one point, Johnny's brain implant is detected by a security scanner and is falsely reported as a device for counteracting dyslexia. Keanu Reeves does, in fact, suffer from the disorder in real life. A little nod to the real Keanu. A little nod. Good on, good on Keanu for overcoming that yeah. disability. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna stop making fun of him the rest of the movie because there's a couple lines that come up that are explained now, sure. showing that bit of trivia. Sure. I'm trying to. Google... You got Paris and stuff. I'm trying to Google <laughs> hockey terms to throw in. <laughs> I just don't think they're gonna read. Like I don't think anyone's gonna know. Zach, I think it's time that you go is. into the penalty box. <laughs> oh, there you go. Damn. How's that? Man, that was good. Fruit. Good. <laughs> I, I played a lot of hockey. I think they deked it. I think Keanu Ooh. really deked it. Don't go into this happening anywhere. This episode's, <laughs> this episode's already fucked. Back with the villains, B. Katano chastises his underling, Xing Xing Ling, I think is his name. I don't remember. And I also don't know what's going on anymore. Shinju? But uh, Shinji. Shinju. Shinji. 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 They said his name like multiple times. Yeah. Like, this character matters. 
I don't does know. not matter. He doesn't. <laughs> doesn't matter at the slightest. Uh, I don't know what's going on anymore, but someone has to acquire a cryogenically frozen head. Who's? We don't know yet. Download. He had some download codes and random shit. And our, who fucking cares? I don't. Why did we choose this movie? We're all going to die eventually, and we're doing Johnny Mnemonic, and this is a war crime. Well, someone had to. Back with Keanu, he and Udo are yelling at each other again, and Keanu is overloaded, and Udo tells him to, to make the drop to get the data out of his head. So we get to cut over to Udo Kier in his club, and we get to finally meet Henry Rollins and Dinah Mayer. Meyer. Uh, they're bodyguards, and they're looking for work. Dina gets angry and confronts Udo looking for a job, and he makes fun of her for being street trash with digital Parkinson's disease. Which, which is like, what, Jesus. Yeah, this guy? Yeah. Very uh, bad dude. Speaking of this character, though, uh, Dina Mayer's character, uh, her, Jane is her name in the movie. Apparently, in the original story, the character's name was Molly Millions. What a fucking name. Fucking name, uh, bro. Changed to Jane for the film. They're very similar characters, except that Molly had retractable razor blades under her fingernails and augmented vision. It's believed that the change was due to the Molly character being attached to the rights for any possible future Neuromancer film adaptation. Fucking, where's the Molly Millions cut of this movie? Yeah, dude. That's awesome. My next Monster of the Week character is going to have... Yeah, just like... Oh, yeah, that's a total Nexus villain right there. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I dig it. I dig it. Now, over with Keanu, he gets dropped off in the middle of Detroit, eh, New York City. He's going to make the drop, and Ice-T is spying on him. Apparently, this is an ambush by some bald guy. Context does not matter. Either way, Ice-T creates a diversion, and Keanu kills Baldy. Now, as Zach said, and as I said, this character's name is Baldy. Um, That is his name. And man, this whole section doesn't need to be in the movie. No. Certainly does not need to be in this 96-minute movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... I don't get it. Um... Why is I just love he walks in the guys like the one guy's like hey I'm looking for Johnny looking for Johnny 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 and Calrissian is like oh I'm Johnny so he like walks in the guys like oh you were expecting and he looks he's like oh Mister Baldy <laughs> like what terrible <laughs> who wrote this shit man bald guys can't cut a break man can't it's I like, know catching strays out here it's just wild has yeah, like. Nothing, just he's an asshole. You could have called him asshole. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just has to, there's so much of just people making fun of each other for just <laughs> their disabilities. I'm assuming being bald is a disability. Well, in your Think eyes, of the apparently. world you're living in, people have like hands popping out of their backs and stuff, and they're seizuring everywhere. You can't even grow hair. And this guy's like, look at this bald guy. <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> this fucking loser with the bald You know, hair. you could get electro hair. Yeah. Let's go get down the street get some electro hair, motherfucker. Baldy. <laughs> Baldy. Apparently, Ice-T, at this point, Ice-T apparently runs a low-tech safe house or some shit. Who knows? Can uh, I also heaven. mention? <laughs> so, yeah, heaven. But low-tech, L-O, capital T-E-K. I love it when in this kind of literature or art, something they just took low-tech because mm-hmm. – there are people that don't use tech and just make it who they are. They're low tech, L O T E K. That's it. That's all I got. 
Yeah, that's the, all the right. K instead of the CH. Yeah. Mm. Also, and you know it's intercapped, it's one word. There's yeah, no W. No. Intercapped is great. I love that. And Keanu goes to Udo's club and proceeds to beat his ass over sending him into an ambush. Now Keanu is soon knocked out by a prostitute, maybe. And Dina Mayer sees them dragging his body into the bathroom. In this segment, apparently, Johnny asks if they stuck. I say apparently as if I didn't watch this movie. <laughs> uh, Johnny asks if they stuck the Library of Congress in his head. As of 2019, that was estimated for only the books in the Library of Congress to be 10 terabytes, between 10 terabytes to 100 terabytes, depending on um, how those said books were scanned. So this is not counting any of the digital assets the library already curates, such as images, music, and movies. That would make the Library of Congress, at a minimum, 32 times the size of the data in Johnny's head. And that's just fucking math. Yeah, they got the gigabytes wrong. In this. I got a gigabyte problem. They got a gigabyte problem. I just I want I want to clarify something. <laughs> I got a gigabyte problem. I want to clarify something with uh, the prostitutes. They're the the prostitutes, quote unquote. Those are the bodyguards in this world, and ah. uh, they're like like I think it's established like that there's some kind of order or something, and like Henry Rollins isn't a bodyguard. He's like some other doctor kind of thing. But like the the all these like bodyguards i think are expected to also have sex with the people they're protecting i don't it's like an i think it's like a a, a courtesan idea with like a twist instead of sure. being like cultured and whatever they can kill someone for you sure Patrick, i'm devastated there's just fucking like ruffling through papers <laughs> I'm, de- I'm devastated to to report i used to have a library of congress card and i was trying to find it but i must have gotten rid of it <laughs> i was just going through my wallet that i never use this wallet just sits on my desk because uh, I have my cards in my phone, Good. and uh, unfortunately, you really, you really no created a grinder situation uh, with your groceries. I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, or is that is that a hockey term? Or are we talking about the gay sex? See, act? that's the problem with these terms is you they could be other things. A hand pass could also be a gay thing, but it's <laughs> I don't know. Wow, you're really. Really, uh, really going for it there. Zach. We you gotta you gotta remember, guys. We keep it super diverse here on the show. If we're not talking about nine eleven, we're talking about gay dating apps. Sure, <laughs> with, just with the incorrect hockey terms. Right. With incorrect hockey terms. You know what Man, I want to say is I, I do, do think Hand Pass would be a great gay dating app. Sure. Oh yeah, that's good. That is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a handjobsonly.com. Handjobs only. Ooh, but like a Z. Where the S would be. Ooh, so it's I like Zonely. Like Zonely. Handjob Zonely. It's Ooh. the handjob zone. Handjob zone. Okay. I dig what it. If, what if instead of members only jackets, we get handjobs only jackets? I like it. It's just got like a, and like our names are things like reach around. Yes. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Like Keanu Reeves is pretty much the biscuit in this situation. Yes. And he's trying to get, get the, the, the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> 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 I mean, this movie is him trying to get the biscuit in the basket. It is, right? There's going to be people yeah. listening to this episode. They're going to be like, what? Okay, like, Why is hockey we, involved? You guys, are like, you guys are like, zone out for a minute and be like, okay, so here, here we go. You guys are fucking talking about hockey and hand jobs while trying to explain fucking Johnny Mnemonic. And you know what? I think the thing is, I think it makes more sense like this. I think so too. The it's port more... that goes into Johnny's head is a is like one that you use for like a sound port. jack. Yes. Yeah, like a like it would never work for transmitting data. It would... Yes, <laughs> it's just for sound. Yes, he's plugging in the uh, what is the I don't know. I was gonna come up with some shitty '90s band, 
uh two live crew there we go he's just he's fucking jacking in the entire the entire diddy the, the entire digital audio soundtrack or the the bibliography or whatever the fuck audiography i uh, whatever discography there you go thank you for correcting me i'm struggling today that's okay We're you here. gotta remember i've had to sit through this movie just like you guys did. <laughs> I don't think the audience <laughs> understands. Like, this is why this is happening. We've got so far off rails is because we're just our brains are currently filled with the Library of Congress worth of information. It's like yes. it's like it's like Pharmatech uh, uh, sent a virus into our head via this film. Yes. And by the end of it, you're just all your 120 gigs of data are completely wiped. Well, yes. but uh, going through this movie is kind of like being on a power kill in hockey. You're a man down. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, we got to get the show on the road. This episode will never end. Udo has double crossed Keanu and is uh, working with, and this is an assumption here because we don't know, uh, but we're assuming the Yakuza. Apparently, the cryogenic head will actually be Keanu Reeves' head, but luckily for him, Dina shows up and kicks a bunch of ass and saves Keanu Reeves from decapitation. Keanu opts to not kill them. Why? Because he's a little baby back bitch, mm. and him and Dina flee. Udo, however, gets the ire of the Yakuza and is laser whipped into multiple segments. I didn't understand that the laser whip came from his cocaine nail until the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. I was just yeah. like, he's got a cocaine nail and a laser rip whip. And then at the end, it was like a plot point that the two things were connected. What do you think future meth is going to be like? Ooh. I think I it's going to be data. Fentanyl? We're in 2023. We're way past uh, the... Yeah, they, we are thing, in the future. Another thing they got it. wrong. <laughs> another thing they got wrong. They did not protect the fentanyl. Uh, they did not protect the fentanyl or <laughs> school shootings. They are no. just really failing right now in yeah. this movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the fact at the beginning when he's like, I've got ice. I'm like, oh, they've got clean water. They're like doing great. Yeah. You know who else has ice? The National Hockey League. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. Why did I damn. do this? Why did I do oh. this? All right, the Yakuza chases after, but is soon surrounded by a low-tech group led by Ice-T. Keanu and Dina head underground, and we get a little exposition dump, but nothing worth noting since he's essentially just recapping the last 30 minutes of the movie. Fun fact, we we're get... only 30 minutes into the fucking movie. Yes, but we do get one of the best lines of the movie when, because uh, there, so th this is when we find out that he had to get rid of his childhood memories. Uh -huh. uh, and she, I don't even remember how the line comes up, but we get uh, a Keanu Reeves outburst saying you got parents and stuff to dina it's like oh it's painful but it's so good yeah she's like so you got parents and stuff he's like you got parents and stuff back at you right yeah that, yeah it's like it he's like batman talking to superman yeah. that's exactly what it was like that is what it was wow. martha martha <laughs> <laughs> They really are the Batman Superman of this movie. Um, according to William Gibson, the movie was re-edited by the producers in order to make it more mainstream. What does that the, mean? It feels that way, yeah. The Japanese release is said to be closer to the directors and Gibson's original vision, to which I say, Cayman, you need to go watch the Japanese version and report back to us on the pod. No. See, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta know that, like, uh, uh, Takeshi Katana, the type of movies that that dude does, the guy who's playing like the head of the Yakuza in this movie, are like super violent, artsy cop Japanese movies that are just a fucking ride and like weird, weird, really weird. 
weird stuff like this. So like, I do think like, I bet that cut is great. It comes down to this thing of like, of Western studios having no faith in Western audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, we've been like that for so long. We're finally moving past that. But like that J- Japan's been doing weird stuff, weird cuts, weird editing things for, for decades and decades and decades. So like, yeah, yeah I bet that movie's great. I bet this movie's it's a, great. It's a faith issue. If you know, if you don't have faith in, in the people, you don't, if you don't have faith in your players, you're not going to win the cup. Yeah. That's the what Stanley they say. Cup. That's what they say. Uh, actually, so it's funny. That's a actually, hockey reference. R- Roberto, <laughs> Roberto Longdong. Um, he, he's come on record to be like, yeah, me, it's slightly better, but definitely not what we intended. So <laughs> it's they like, both of them hate this movie. The director and writer both are like, this movie is not what we intended to make. And this movie fucking sucks. So you said Roberto, uh, Longdong, which got me thinking, what was Roberto Luongo's nickname in hockey? Turns out it was, his nickname was Bobby Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why long dong? I really right. I was like, ball. man, that would have been a really good. They dropped yeah. puck. That would have been a really good um, <laughs> puck. Oh man, no, <laughs> would have been a really the, good nickname. What, it, what do we call it before? The biscuit. The biscuit. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, we're moving Bobby on. Boo. B. Takeshi has some weird flashback sequence or something, and apparently he might actually be a good guy. Who fucking knows anymore? Everything sucks. I'm going to die soon. Back with Keanu and, and, and Dina. Keanu is going to die pretty soon, too, just like me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's written in the script. It's written oh. in the script. Is that what oh, it really says? It's, it's, really, it says. it's it really says, it says Keanu is going to die pretty soon, just like me. What it says is back with Keanu and deny because he has a typo. <laughs> Keanu is going to die pretty soon, just like me. <laughs> he was really melting while this was, was happening. Dude, I'm still melting. He was having some leakage from his synapses. Some synaptic leakage. I get it. Uh, so him and uh, Dina are trying to find a place where Keanu can dump the data in his head. Keanu finds an abandoned radio shack and goes to the log on the internet. So he puts on a sweet visor and some Nintendo power gloves and hacks into the web. He's going to make to get online. I need a computer. I've never been so appreciative of Tom Cruise's handwork in Mm. minority port report or Robert Downey Jr. As Iron Man, like with their digital stuff, because Keanu Reeves was not doing a good job. He was just like, (laughs) Like completely unreadable, just funny. Johnny shit. Mnemonic walked so that they could run. They really did. So uh, <clears throat> Keanu's going to make a long distance phone call to Beijing, but he's got to solve some puzzles or something. Who fucking knows? <laughs> There's like these little like logic puzzles he has to solve to like get in. So he's now trying to find someone named Doctor Alcom, Alcom, Doctor Alcom. But uh, before he can, uh, he gets caught by the Yakuza who are tracking his web activity and trying to digitally drone strike his ass. Once again, no fucking clue. Either way, the Yakuza arrive and Keanu and Dina have to once again flee into the night. At one point during the... Oh, sorry, go on. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. At one point during that digital thing, he like moves something to Boston or something. Like he grabs it physically and then pulls it back and he's like now it's here <laughs> so dumb he moved every dunkin donuts from boston to atlanta or he opens up a world and it's like a it's a 3d world and then he flattens it and it's a flat 
uh, like map representation of the world, which we know now is not an accurate representation of the world. Also, yeah. so it's just do you know <laughs> what's where the, the flatter moving came from? Do you know what the most unrealistic part about this accessing the internet thing? Hmm. No pornography. No pornography. Yes. Yep. There would, if you were to do that and you were to open up the internet like that, all it would be would be just tits and ass. If like it'd just to, be so much hardcore sex. If you go yeah. into a random Radio Shack and you go on their internet browser. Porn should pop up. Yeah. Yes. If you go Radio to a random Shack. Radio Shack and you pull up their web browser, their search engine is literally Pornhub. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no well, way in hell it's not. Well, the thing is, this was actually uh, a, a place called Crazy Bob's Computer Store. Right. That this right. was taking place in. During the scene in the back room of Crazy Bob's Computer Store, it sounds like Johnny asks for an iPhone. 12 years before it was launched, while it would still be cute if the scriptwriter of a 90s cyberpunk movie had just made up a word which would later become the name of a ubiquitous piece of information technology. What Johnny asks for is actually an iPhone, E-Y-E phone, Zach. Uh, an early head-mounted interface designed by Jaron Lanier. In fact, Johnny calls it a Thompson iPhone, a reference to the fact that Lanier's patent was bought by Thompson Electronics. You really triple deked me with that one. I really did. <laughs> Jesus fucking God. Moving on again. Pizza Cash, she calls up Dolph Lundgren. Here we go. And shit keeps going more off rails. Dolph is a priest and a hitman, and he looks like Jesus. So Beat tells him to go get Keanu's head and bring it to him in less than 24 hours. A few things here. In my notes, as I'm watching this movie, I wrote, because of a typo, Dolphin Lundgren, LFG. Little did I know. Don't, that, don't say don't. it. I'm not saying it. I'm just for you two. That was some okay. some typo uh, foreshadowing there. Second, his makeup. So his wig, his beard wig, his, like is fucking your church's fucking nativity play mm-hmm. like level. Yes. It's so bad. It is. It's like they went a to a party sack. city. Yes. They went to Party City, got a potato sack from the grocery store next door, and made this guy the street preacher, which is a great fucking name, by the way. Awesome name. All of his weapons are, like, cross-based and Jesus-based. And I I, I also don't think he phones it in, which I'm kind of, like... He doesn't. He (laughs) really takes this so seriously. He doesn't, like, what do you know? Like, all I know him from is Rocky, right? So, like, this was... You know, just playing a big, intimidating dude who barely speaks. Yeah. He was delivering lines. He was yeah. doing the thing. Like... Here's the thing. The two best actors in this entire film are 100% Ice-T and Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. there's Correct. no question about it. Like, Dolph Lundgren is actually really fucking good as this character and has, like, a total of four minutes total screen time. Do you guys know that Dolph Lundgren is a fucking genius? No fucking really? way. He, he has, like, a doctorate in... Like, let me look this up. I'll, I'll look it up in the background. I'll circle back. But okay. I have some quick trivia, is which is this twi- is is it in twigging? Which it's is not a hockey in, stick. It's not in twigging <laughs> no. or 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 pegging. But uh, this <laughs> going is going back to grinder again, are we? I want to be clear. I'll just Cayman. wave that off. I'll just wave that off. I want to be clear to to Cayman and the audience. This is my favorite piece of trivia I've ever come across for any movie we've ever covered. <laughs> And a little peek behind the curtain, how we make the sausage. I don't ever see this trivia unless I bring it to the table and clarify that. The Cayman pulls all this together and I just read it for you guys. I am blown away by this piece of trivia. Early in the development of this movie, Zach, Bono was in talks about supervising the soundtrack and to possibly play Street Preacher. Mm. Could you imagine 
fucking Bono from U2 as the street preacher? I can't. I have a very good imagination. Thank you. What do you think? <laughs> What's your imagination telling you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we saw that in Across the Universe, right? I think it would probably be that same character. Uh, it would be good, but I, you know, like Dolph Lundgren is not the problem with this movie. He does it a great job. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if Bono could have could have done the role better. I just I would have liked to see him supervise that. the music. I think sure. that would have been really tight. Sure. But I really do like Dolph Lundgren in this role. You know, he's it's great. Like one no, of those, sure. Again, it's like one of these ingredients in this movie that it's like good and weird. And like, why is there religion suddenly involved in this? But like, yeah, still, then you sleep and you forget all of it. I forgot him completely. So back to Dolph. So this guy has a degree in chemical engineering from the KTH Royal Institute of Technology and a master's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Sydney. So like this guy is a fucking scientist. Holy shit. I feel like there's another piece that I'm forgetting because there's just Wikipedia sometimes like they need to put they need to reel it in like there's just too much text on this screen. It's mm. wild. So he's just like, like the opening ripped, scrawl of this film. Super smart. Yes. Yeah. He's got fucking black belts. He's like a dancer too. And it. and he also. <laughs> I is, love this guy, man. Yeah. He's fucking uh, a Swedish god. Okay. Right. Okay. Now Keanu decides his best option is to call up the Pharmacom Corporation, whose data is in his head, and arranges to meet with them to have them take the data from his head. At the same time, Dina starts to go into convulsions because she's got the COVID nineteen cyberpunk variant. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, according to the the World Health Organization, not a problem anymore. COVID. All right. Well, then not too soon. Dina tells Keanu to go find Henry Rollins and he can help them both uh, with their issues. So that's what they do. They arrive at Henry Rollins hut in the parking lot of an abandoned Toys R Us, I believe. Actually, Toys R Us would have been booming back in the day. I'm not sure mm. what the abandoned was. Um, yeah. You know, who knows what the U.S. looks like in the in their version of 2021, which if it's their version of 2021, Toys R Us, Kmart, Sears, all gone. Sure. Anyway, I got to say, good riddance. Sure. Wow. Good riddance. Shots fired. Back with Beat, apparently the digital ghost person him and Keanu have been seeing was the former CEO of Pharmacom and has been dead for like six years, so literal digital ghost. And I know we didn't mention this, but um, this has been happening periodically throughout the movie. This random lady pops up, so I'm sorry. She's been speaking with the Yakuza leader and Johnny, like, back and forth, right? Like, hey, there's something good happening here, guys. Let's work together. But they won't. Dolph Lundgren attacks some random guy, dips his hand in cryo shit, and then shatters it, which is pretty fucking cool. Uh, He directs Dolph to go find uh, Henry Rollins, because that's where Johnny's hanging out at. So Dolph, Dolph is the peak psychopath at this point. And honestly, I think... He is not just potentially the best performance in the movie, but potentially the best performance Dolph has ever had. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I'll stand could by be. that. Henry Rollins agrees to take Keanu and Dina to meet Dr. Alcom, and on the way, they're confronted by Dolph, so they do the logical thing and run him over in their van. Actually, I believe that was a Zamboni. Jesus. I mean, you know, honestly, could very well have been a Zamboni. I wouldn't know the difference. Could have been. Yeah, well, you know, I have to say about that is that these crimes against Christians are just going too far, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dolph has Jesus syndrome and is immortal. <laughs> so he gets back up. Which we do find out that is mentioned briefly that um, Dolph, his entire body, so he, apparently he commits all of these crimes 
to uh, to continue to add more cybernetic enhancements to his own body so that he can essentially become in a godlike state. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. I don't know if anyone knows this, but Jesus actually was a cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he was in cyberspace. Yeah, he was just booting up for those three days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, just, he was like a, was like a hard he was reset. Making a long distance phone call. Yeah, yeah it's just he yeah. opened up the internet, moved Boston from up here down here. It's you know he's just rearranging the U.S. for all the Christians to go to. Yeah, he was serving a major penalty in the penalty box for three days. Yeah, he was the top cheese. <laughs> he was the top cheese. Yeah, set the record for the Sorry, longest time ever served the in the penalty box. I Hold on, was he the off. was he the top cheese or the top Jesus? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was the top cheese, but Keanu was the top cheddar. You know what I mean? There we go. Oh, Keanu, uh, yes. I do yeah. think Keanu is a uh, 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 Johnny. Uh, is a uh, I want to I want to just talk about his character a little bit. He's a bad person, right? Like uh, yes. I think the yeah, movie's he's like sure. telling us that the whole time, right? And they keep like like when he makes that deal to meet up with Pharma Tech, she's like. Uh, Jane's like, what are you doing? They're gonna like kill you or whatever. He's like, they're corporate. They'll be cool. And you're like, oh no, oh no, yeah. Johnny. Uh huh. <laughs> Fucking protecting corporate interests. And then in the next scene, I, I don't want to uh, get ahead on Cayman's script, but that's there's something he does in the next scene. I'm like, oh, this he's a bad guy. Yeah. He yeah. just doesn't care about people. I he's, see. Okay. He's like, okay. So here's the thing: is he's approaching the situation like I'm gonna go to the world of Coke. I'm going to try Beverly. You know, that's that's what this interaction is going to be. Uh, yes, Coke, Coke, Coke is in cocaine. Uh, what he doesn't realize is, is that the Coca-Cola Corporation literally killed a bunch of fucking people in, like, Colombia. So, like, that's the corporation problem we're having. And yeah. his corporation is he has to drink, like, a piss-poor version of Coca-Cola. Like, sure. I don't think his head's in the right place. Whatever. Yeah. Keanu and crew arrive in a makeshift hospital. Apparently, Dr. Alcom isn't a real person. It's actually every single doctor alive. Or at least all the doctors inside of this makeshift hospital. I kind of did love the reveal of this. (laughs) Patrick has donned his uh, his uh, iPhone. Uh, Rollins tells Keanu to get onto a table. My iPhone. Oh yeah, very good actually. Yeah, thanks, bud. Thanks. I was saving that one. My VR. Uh, I see. Yes. Colin says, get on the table so he can work on his brain. Something about needing access codes and luck to decipher something that can help rid Keanu of the data in his head. It doesn't work. So Rollins is like, let's cut open your head because you got the cure to NAS in your noggin. So stop being a little bitch and let me do the surgery. The way that basically Keanu will die if he has it in his head. And if he does the surgery, he might die. And Keanu's like, I'll take my chances with just dying. <laughs> it's a very, very good vaccine metaphor. Uh, yeah. Gonna... He's like, I love the that we find out that he is the cure, essentially. Yeah. He has the cure in him. But we're in a, a last of a situation here. And he's like, fuck y'all. I'm not yeah. playing this game. <laughs> He's the most selfish. He's like, he's like, I want to be there, like fucking prostitutes and doing yeah. drugs and getting massages. That's what I want. And they're like, mm-hmm. you can see. Also, Henry Rollins, the way he delivers every line is just. Mm-hmm. It's and, awful. And it, it's it, every line. It doesn't matter what he's saying. Like. If you've never seen a Henry Rollins in any other movie, this is a, is how he delivers every line. Here's the thing. If you've ever seen him in an interview, this is how he delivers those lines as well. <laughs> he is just this. He's playing himself and is just screaming constantly, which is someone who is ba- – like music is known for like rage-induced like music. Like, yeah, he's doing a fantastic job of it. <laughs> so, Oh, he's a singer hmm. first, not yeah. an actor first. No, that yes. makes so much more sense. Yeah, the Henry Rollins band. Where gotcha. the name Henry Rollins came from. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. It all yeah. makes sense now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, nice. Keanu opts for the selfish route, like we said, but before he can leave, Dolph shows up and starts doing some holy rolling on everyone's asses. Hi-yo! Hey-yo! So Rollins buys him some time for them to escape, then Dolph tortures Rollins to death using nails that he's got in his apron, which is oh. like a nice little touch. If you know, oh. you know, if you know your Bible stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nine inch nails. Oh, some fucking, what was that movie uh, with fucking, what do you call it? The, with the Al Pacino movie or no, no, Gabriel Byrne uh, when the, the nail thing. Uh, Stigmata. Stigmata. There yeah, we go. Yeah, I haven't thought about that movie in forever. Passion Next of the Christ. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, actually, it was funny. The other day, we were like, I was looking up the, um, I was looking up the trailer for the movie we almost covered on today's episode, and it immediately rolled into The Patriot. And then I had to have this like moment where I had to like reckon with the fact that Mel Gibson is like such a horrid anti Semite. Then I'm like, I'm watching The Patriot, and I'm like, this movie's not bad, but Mel Gibson is a horrible fucking person. He's yeah. like a super racist. I'm Jewish, it's- and I love The, the Patriot. <laughs> I, I like that movie. I, I watch it and I... I mean, you bleed red, white, and blue. Look, Jason Isaacs is great. God, movie. he's so good at it. I mean, he's he a is, great yeah. villain, you know? He's a great yeah. villain. And, and Mel Gibson, I, you know, he's anti-Semitic, but the way he delivers that line in the end, my sons were better men. I mean... Mm. Mm. You know what's funny is is when you when you respond back next and you're like you know my second favorite Mel Gibson movie is The Passion of the Christ and it is the funniest film I've ever seen. So good, so hilarious. Yeah, are we going to cover that on Safe Trash Cinema? We have to have Zach for it. We have to have Zach for it for Easter. My mom did take me when that movie came out in theaters. My mom took me out of school and brought me and brought me to it. She was like, you might be hearing some stuff. So you should see this movie with me. Mm. I was like, oh, Jesus. How does a conversation like that go? Does your mommy like they're going to accuse you of killing him? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, what? I did. Show me the lie. I did walk out of that movie being like, oh, my God, Jews are. The-. No, I didn't. That's like that South Park with Kyle. And he's like, the Jews really did it. <laughs> well, Keanu tries to negotiate with Pharmacom, but we find out it's actually just beat Takashi doing some digital puppetry. Uh, they were told to meet with someone named Jones, but it seems like that was a short-lived plan at the moment. Not sure what happened, but basically Keanu and Dina are almost blown up by a falling car. Uh, something to do with Ice T's people. Who fucking knows anymore? Yeah, if I make like it through this episode, I might guy. actually retire. This movie is killing me. In the script, this is me officially at the point where I'm going to retire while watching yeah. this movie. It's just like two idiots that work for Ice T, and they're like, "What if I dropped a car on this guy?" And he's like, "I don't think that's a good idea." And he's like, "No, I'm going to do it." Like, <laughs> and he like falls into the thing. <laughs> that's it. It's like that's There's how no most plot. killings. Most yeah. deaths in the U.S. end up with two dudes laughing and one of them jokingly falling into something that causes sure. a bunch of people to die. Well, they, um, they die in about 10 minutes. So. Right. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, they, they don't live very long. Uh, Keanu then monologues about room service. Patrick, well, take it uh, over. Right. I, so I didn't learn the monologue. If I if I had more time, oh, I would have. Pull it up. Pull it up. You can but do it. This is the monologue from Keanu Reeves. What the fuck is going on? You know, all my life, I've been careful to stay in my own corner. Looking out for number one, no complications. 
Now suddenly, I'm responsible for the entire fucking world. And everybody and his mother is trying to kill me if, if my head doesn't blow up first. Maybe it's not just about you anymore. Listen, you listen to me. You see that city over there? That's where I'm supposed to be. Not down here with the dogs and the garbage and the fucking last month's newspapers blowing back and forth. I've had it with them. I've had it with you. I've had it with all this. I want room service. I want the club sandwich. I want the cold Mexican beer. I want a $10,000 a night hooker. I want my shirts laundered. Like they do at the Imperial Hotel. So yeah, so he screams and yells crazy. about <laughs> unbelievable. He, really said that. he just wants some room service. He just and wants some room service and a ten thousand dollar hooker, and uh, you know that's he deserves that. So and he knows I, how much a hooker costs. He just doesn't know how much his brain holds. Yeah, you know what's and funny get, is, is he's like, I'm gonna get a ten thousand dollar hooker, but the the thing is, the whole reason Dina's with him is because. She's like, he's going to pay me $50,000. All she has to do is hook out five times and she just gets the money. Yeah, sure. Which seems like you're a lot less likely of dying. Also, Keanu Reeves, pretty pretty early in his career still here. I, I can only imagine he gets this this page of the script and he's like, man, I can't wait to, to really dive into this, really chew through this, kind of figure right. out this really what I'm saying here. real motivations. Yeah, and it's just the fucking, it's a joke of a monologue. Well, Ice-T shows up, and finally, they tell them that what they need to talk to Jones. Ice-T's like, dope, I'm going to be on Law & Order in a few years, bitch. He That's actually that. in the in the movie, yeah. He said one that. of the things they got right. One of the things, the only thing I think they got right. <laughs> then he lets them in as Keanu starts to collapse to the floor. Dina and Keanu start making out in a random room, and Ice-T interrupts him. And is like, hey, Jones is ready to see you. Also, we have special rooms for you guys just to fuck in if you want one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he kind of cross-checked him a little bit there. He did. <laughs> Actually, that would he. That's that was good. Jack, that was I good. nailed that. I think he did. I think he. But then he that. dumped and chased, and he was like, "Now you can go to this room if you want." To sure. Uh, you, you should stop while you're ahead. Oh, I damn think. It, damn. I tried to <laughs> so so see takes him and shows him the low tech headquarters and exposition dumps about what they do, but we don't give a shit. What we do give a shit about is that Jones is a motherfucking dolphin. <laughs> I lost my mind when they're like, "All right, we got to meet Jones." He's the fucking no one is as good as Jones. He can hack into fucking anything. And then they like pan the camera and Jones is a dolphin. Here's the thing. Sydney walks in like a little bit after this particular scene. And she just she walks in, we're talking, and she sees the dolphin like pop up in the background. She's like, Hold on, is that a dolphin? And I was like, Yes, that is an actual dolphin. And she's yeah. like, what the fuck is this movie? And I'm like, no one can tell you. Literally, dolphin no one can tell you what this movie is. The dolphin the dolphin the yep the dolphin that played um, Jones ended up uh, after this was featured heavily uh, in a marketing campaign for Munch Bunch yogurts, which is how you say yogurt in England. 
in the UK. I feel so bad for this fucking dolphin. <laughs> they put so much shit on this fucking dolphin's face. Dude, this yeah. dolphin was living its best life, I hope. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Yeah, so once again, Jones is a dolphin. Jones is a dolphin. Jones is the one that's going to help Keanu get the shit out of his head. Day X Dolphina. And he even, at one point, yes. at one point Keanu's like, what, what is this fish going to do? And the dolphin's like, Aah! Yeah, he says a And Dean is like, it's a mammal. And then she keeps doing it. He keeps doing it the whole time. Yeah. And it's right, like, because he's a bad man. Yeah, and but I'm like, that's the thing that's gonna like fix your brain, man. Maybe don't insult her right before it starts wheedling around in there. Yeah. Yes. 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 Now, yes. while they set up shit in the low tech HQ, the Yakuza surround the building. The Yakuza use use harpoon guns to ascend the structure. All this time Keanu is getting the dolphin treatment to his frontal lobe. Okay. Unfortunately, due to some rocket launchers, Jones, the dolphin extraordinaire, can't decipher the code and therefore can't extract the data from Keanu's head. Beat Takeshi arrives and shoots Adina, but she escapes. Beat and Keanu have a standoff until the Pharmacom ghost arrives and tells Beat to stop doing this shit and let the cure be free to save the human race. Unfortunately, Beat does not give a flying fuck. So, not a good guy after all, we found yeah, out. Not a good guy. Or, or is he, though? Or is he, though? Completely mm. unreadable. Completely unreadable, mainly because I'm pretty sure that that man at this point in time could not speak English, and all of his lines in English, he was just, just reading from a page like, I don't know this. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. So he it's can't react. Clear. Yeah. He can't react to anything that's being said to him. There's a, there's a moment early on where him and his underling are like, they're like talking back and forth, and he's like, your Japanese sucks. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. His Japanese is very, very good. And he's like, tell it to me in English. And I'm like, I know why this is happening. Right. American audiences. So this dude is talking to Beat in English and then Beat's responding in Japanese. And you can definitely tell that Beat has no fucking idea what this dude is saying at any given point. So his reactions don't make any sense either. It is amazing. He's not That's... a particularly expression. Like he, he, even when he knows what he's talking about in his films, it's not like he's like a very expressive actor to begin with. Fair. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, you add that to the fact that he doesn't know what the hell he's saying, and it's <laughs> a blank Makes wall. you think. No. <sighs> crazy, crazy. Well, uh, to this point, the underling, whose name I think we figured out earlier, but I've already forgot it again. Shinji? Like, Shinji. Shinji. Shinji Mikami shows up. <laughs> With the cocaine now. With the cocaine now. We should just call him cocaine now. Yeah. The cocaine yeah. bear, but cocaine now. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Shinji shows up. And uh, he then shoots Beat several times in the back, leaving him for what we to believe is to be dead. Then Shinji tries to cut off Keanu's head, but Dina saves him. Everything starts to blow up around them as the group tries to flee again, which I've realized at this point while writing the script that the whole movie is just about Keanu Reeves running away from his problems. Sure. Literally from the start of the film, he's just running away from his problems every That's time. That's what I've been doing my whole life. Mm. Yeah. Deep. Deep. Yeah. Maybe that's what we've learned. It's not the problems that we run away from. It's the problems we make as friends along the way. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Maybe that makes sense. Um, Sounds sounded good. Thanks. All right, now Shinji and Keanu then get tangled in a net for some reason, and then they have a kicking fight this last like three minutes of them just kicking each other repeatedly, and that was actually kind of fun. That they get tangled fun. in a net? Like a yeah. hockey net? Oh my god! You know what? Actually, this very Damn, well could have been that a hockey. That was it. Net. Oh man! Wait, give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hockey net. So they really uh, had right? some interference there. Uh, they uh, um, they were on their strong. <clears throat> were on their strong side. 
Oh, sure. strong side. All right. Okay. Yeah. Kinchy was on his weak side and yeah, oh. got him in. Yeah, right in the five hole. In the yeah. pooper. <laughs> it was an Olympic sheet. Before you get ready for this, right, Keanu somehow uses cocaine nails, cocaine nail to decapitate him. I don't know how this works, but he does. So the head goes flying off. So does the body. And then, unfortunately for Dina, she is soon attacked by the immortal Dolph Lundgren, who is, like I said, Jesus Christ. Mm. He is. Oh, and Beat isn't dead after all. Uh, JK, guys, he's not dead. And he might actually not be a bad guy because he gives the remaining code to Keanu and then he dies. Mm. Uh, one last one last honorable thing. Mm. So before Dolph can crucify Dina, literally, because he does have her like pulled up like he is going to crucify her with like sh- like these uh, cross-shaped yeah, he, daggers, which are pretty cool. He commits so much to his bit that it's detrimental to his endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, that's what I say about a lot of Christians. He lived long enough to become the villain. That's what I also say about a lot of Christians. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Keanu shows back up in the two fight to the death. Dina uses the Marine Professor X to lobotomize Dolph once again, saving Keanu from a certain death. Oh, and Dolph gets engulfed in flames. And then just turns into like a robot, robotic pile of ash. Mush Very on the ground. Term- he was like the Terminator character, so they kind of gave him a Terminator mm, yeah. ending. And with all the bad people dead, they turn the dolphin machine back on so Keanu can get the data out and save humanity from the technical technological cancer. Yeah. So he plugs his ass up and starts digging through the mainframe. He has to do some like Google searches and Wikipedia article reading and stuff and. To fight the viruses inside the mainframe, Keanu, Keanu has to double himself. And then when he does that, the dolphin splashes about in its aquarium, which I believe was emotional support. Mm, sure. And then Keanu succeeds doing whatever it is that he was doing, and Ice-T broadcasts the entire cure for NAS to the world. The cure? I don't know. Possibly a tricycle? Honestly, I don't fucking know. You just got to trust me on this. Yeah, he, I think the tricycle is his memories coming back. A little bit. Yeah, he he's he's getting his childhood back. Uh and that's really the goal here. Is to relive his childhood. Now is that the cure so we all have to relive our childhoods? It sounds yes. awful. Is it Ice T? Is he the one who's like, Don't worry, he doubled himself and then Yeah. Don't worry, that was the double. Like that's <laughs> Ice T, right? Okay, yeah. okay. I just make it with some ADR to make yeah. it make sense. <laughs> it is like... narrating this bad like computer animated this if anyone at home knows you based keanu i'm assuming pretty much no one does the the internet is the same sort of like cgi tech graphics as like uh like the lawnmower man mm-hmm. you guys ever seen the lawnmower man that's mm-hmm. uh it's stock shit so watch no, that movie I've, i will only see it if you make me for this podcast i will don't worry well, it's, it's got uh, pierce brosnan in it so oh then i'm in yeah, my personal walking. friend Pierce Brosnan that I've personal met. friend Pierce Brosnan. I had dinner met. with him once. Exactly. Fifty-seven feet away, at different tables. <laughs> we had dinner together. Made eye contact. Yeah, we did. Actually, time. that is the did, one true thing here is that this, we did make did eye the... contact. <laughs> they did. Uh, either it. way, Keanu succeeds and uh, he's free, and he got his childhood memories back. Also, the Pharmacom headquarters were torched in the process. But don't get excited, though, because the immortal Dolphus back. JK, he's, he, it was just them moving him on like that a crane. Me. And uh, then they toss it in a river. And haha, they got us. Guess what? Roll credits. Ah, we, we fucking did it. It definitely got me. 
Yeah, it got me good. I'll be the first to admit. I do love the... There was a couple times when, like, certain effects were, like, akin to the Freddy Krueger when he, like, slices out of his stomach, where it's just, like, a real close-up shot of clearly, like, they took, like, fake skin and they, like, put it over, like, a beam or whatever, and they just, like, poked holes in it for, like... Mm. Or, like, shot it with stuff or, you know... Yeah, that was pretty cool. I love that stuff. That was pretty cool. So, yeah... Uh, that's the movie, guys. We there is one last piece of trivia, unless yeah, there. there's more later. <clears throat> Roberto Luongo, famed future Hall of Fame goalkeeper, and William Gibson originally <laughs> intended to make an art film on a small budget, but failed to get financing. Luongo uh, commented that the project started out as an artsy 1.5 million dollar movie, but it became a 30 million dollar movie because we couldn't get a million and a half. I can't cannot fucking believe this movie cost them 30 million dollars to make. Um. You know, I think the thing is, is what's so funny is that this story is not like ubiquitous just to Johnny Mnemonic. Like getting 1.5 million to make a movie is like nearly fucking impossible right now. How weird. Like you can get you're you have a higher likelihood of getting a massive budget that if it fails, the studio will lose so much more. But they just don't trust that a movie that's worth 1.5 million can actually make more money. But we're, we're seeing with like Blumhouse right now, they're just releasing all these like, you know, less than $10 million horror films. They're making like 50, 60, 70, 80,000 million or 80 million at the box office, sometimes even more than that. And they're making like the net profit is fucking huge at like the margins they're making. But it's still, you- it's still the, you know, they only care about the algorithm and like the math and those are still out like outliers in the amount of money. Like they have a much stronger, safer guarantee of making a lot of money by, you know, casting people. Like that's the thing when the moment that you, that you upgrade your movie to like a $30 million in this case, it obviously be more nowadays, but, uh, budget then you suddenly have the studio being like and now you have to use this actor and now Mm -hmm. you have to do this thing and now you got to do this and so it changes everything which is what happened here but but yeah like we were talking me and blair were talking about this the other day like the death of the middle the mid-budget you know movie or whatever Mm. but it's just because yeah they don't think the investment is worth their time which is just wild which i think there was a moment where we like thought like okay well the mid-budget movie is coming back when deadpool released because it was shot i think on like 25 or 30 mil and then made like 200 mil at the box office and they were like holy shit like these mid-budget movies can make a fucking ton of money and then they just stopped doing it but then you have films like terrifier 2 that came out that was shot on a budget of 200 or and I think it made like ten million at the box office, and like the net profit from that is still stupid, like sky high, and it's crazy. Like, just the way that Hollywood works is bullshit. I hate it. And now we're moving on to the final segment yeah. of the show, oh, and that quick, is our Savior Canada. Yes, sir. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once, which won the Oscar last year, was a fourteen point three to twenty five million dollar budget. Hell cool. yeah! See, and that, so like the it won the like a mid budget film won the Oscar last year. It can happen. It's just yeah, it's just, it's just hopefully that Hollywood yeah. sucks. So yeah. we're moving over into save it or can it. It's the segment of the show where we ask the question: Should this film be saved? Should this film be canned? And then essentially that's your recommendation on how to live the rest of your life. So I'm going to start off with you, Zach. I'm, I'm curious where your head is and where you fall on this particular movie. They're like I said uh, at the beginning, like it has all these things that I like, but the end result is not something that I like. Like, uh, 
I think there just are better versions of this movie that I'd rather see. Uh, Virtuosity is like the first one that comes to mind. I love that oh, movie. 100%. It also takes place in like half in a virtual world. It's like a huge plot point with, and it's the same type of movie where they don't understand where the technology is going. They're just making big swings and they're same year. They're wildly wrong. Uh, but it's just a way more fun movie that I like my brain will retain on and latch on forever. Like the things that happen in it. So I just think they're, and even the matrix is a better version of this movie. Right. So, you know, you just, there's just other versions of this movie that I think did it, did, did what they were trying to do a lot better. Unfortunately. So what's the recommendation? Save it or can it, boss? Can it. Can it. Ooh, starting off with a can. That's a tough hill to climb up afterwards. Patrick, step in. Let us know. Save it or can it. For me, this is actually a pretty easy save. And it very well could be recency bias because I I watched half of it last night, the other half this morning. And I watched almost all of it alone. Rose this morning was awake and kind of like she wasn't really paying attention. But I've found in my experience for this podcast – Oftentimes watching the movie alone, I'm more likely to have a less fun time because these like we, we all understand the movies that we're watching here. Like usually it's more fun to experience it with someone so that you can laugh and and take it all in and and riff sure. on it while you're watching it, whatever. But I had a good time watching this movie. Like there were problems with it. And I think potentially it could have been the star power that that kept me around with Keanu and Dolph and Ice T. Um, but and it was also for me kind of having that fun experience of like remembering things as the movie went on, but I can only speak to my experience right now. I can't speak to my experience in the future on if I will change my mind, but as of right now, I would say this is a save for me. I, it has its flaws. Um, but I think ultimately I had a good time watching it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're split. It's a split decision came in. So you get to break the tie. Yeah, this is, so this is actually a tough one, and I definitely felt like after I was done writing the script, I was like, dude, I cannot recommend this to anyone. I was so angry. I was so burned out. It was just like, this movie really pushed me to my limit. As you saw in the script, like it, it's so difficult to try to be able to explain a movie like this to anyone because it's just so confusing and so jarbled together, and there's so much jargon that means nothing, and you can't contextualize it or put it to anything. Sure. But like at the same time, I also look back at this and I'm thinking about the black and white version, which I'm like, that movie, that version of the film is so weird, right? Like it's so surreal and so wacky and like almost feels like an entirely different movie. Then I'm like, I, I like this movie is has a ton of problems and this movie is not good. And I, it's tough because I'm like, I really feel like it really just depends on which version you watch. Like, I could recommend the black and white version to be like, if you want to see something just out there, just just completely bizarre, check out Johnny Mnemonic black and white. But then I'm also have to tell you that if you do that, you need to watch the original version first to be able to understand like what one and two means, right? So I think I, the way I'm kind of falling on this is kind of like, I think I'm content with saying like, this is a save. But I think that this is a save for just like a very finite group of people who like just enjoy movies that are so off the wall and potentially very difficult to follow. Mm. Like you could find enjoyment. I definitely think like with a group of people, you could you could have like a drinking game over the time that they say random fucking phrases like the data. If dude, if you took a drink every time they said data, you would have alcohol poisoning and would die. Yes. Like I will tonight after this recording's over. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that this is a save with an asterisk of like, 
I don't think it's for everyone. I think there's going to be a group of people who will enjoy it, but I think there's also going to be a group of people who do not need to see this movie or want to see this movie, and I'm completely yeah. content with them. So, like, I feel like I'm I'm perfectly content with Zach canning this movie because I think Zach is completely valid, but I'm also completely okay with you saving the film because your opinions are completely valid. This is a film of dualities, and mm. Um, mm. I just mm. think that, like, if you... I wouldn't seek it out, but it's on Hulu. It's if you got Hulu, you're already paying to, to watch watch it. Just give it a shot. At least make it up to when you get to see Dolphin, Dolphin London. That's like the yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the end of the. But that's the whole movie. Might as well. When you, know. you see when you see Jones the Dolphin for the first time, the movie at this point, the movie is a completely different film. It it gets off the rails. I'd like, love that's to when see it's like, black and white dolphin. I will. Oh, yeah. dude, it's good. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my final opinion. So the way we're gonna come down on this is we got a cam, we got a save, and we got a save with an asterisk. We literally cleared the entire fucking spectrum of it's a split decision. I will. I will say this for the sheer fact of like proving to your own brain that the film exists, that these actors do these things in this film, and it happens. And you and you want and you want to confirm that it happens might make it worth watching. Is that yeah. does that make sense? Hundred <laughs> percent, certainly does. hundred percent. Well, guys, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, which God knows this episode, there's a lot of hockey references and other things. So I don't know what's yeah. going to happen going forward. We and really think we played this... with our guts in the uh, the guts of the ice when yeah. we were uh, doing podcast. Yeah. Well, I feel like you know with the length, it, it really kind of was like a seven game series here. It really went down to the wire, especially with that split puck. decision. We had mend the puck yeah. and brought the house down. We did. Yeah, we, we brought the yeah. house down. So yeah, if you enjoyed the show, rate, review, share the hell with your friends, loved ones, and worst of enemies. I will say we got a bunch of new likes, um, or not just new likes, a bunch of new ratings on Spotify for the show. And like, you know, if you haven't done that yet, please give us a, a rating. Uh, that just helps us out in the long run. We really appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, Share the hell of your friends level is worse than enemies. You know the key, the deal. And if, you know, word of mouth isn't key here, we aren't beggars. Also, fuck Keith. Mm. Yeah, we all just got to say it eventually. Just fuck that yeah. guy. If you're interested in video games, check out our sister podcast, the Spotlight Games Podcast, and all of your favorite streaming services. We also stream live every Tuesday on Twitch at 8 p.m. Eastern. So join us live there. We will be taking a little bit of a break in a couple weeks. So keep your eyes tuned for that. While Patrick goes off to Japan to buy underwear from a vending machine. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to smell nice. it. Nice. In the meantime, you can follow me at the Dumpster Boy Zach. Where can they follow you, sir? Uh, just check out my website, ZacharyBromberg.com, and I'm on Facebook. Yeah, you are. Because <laughs> I'm an old man. Yeah. <laughs> and Patrick, where can they follow you, buddy? You can follow me on Twitter at Patrick Schwag, uh, or um, actually just just Twitter, Patrick Schwag. And uh, yeah, and you already said all the game stuff. I did, I did. You can follow the sister podcast at Spot Games Pod on Twitter and Spotlight Games Pod on Instagram. As well as Spotlight TV Pod, or no, what? That's weird as hell. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. You got the drill. You know where to find us. Damn it. I need a day off, guys. This mm. sucks. Everything sucks. Follow STC at Save Trash Cinema on all socials. And remember, fight big box office, save trash cinema. <laughs> Back checking bar down, barn, beauty. <laughs>